Out South listeners. This is our final episode of the fall season, and we just like to thank all of you for joining us for these 16 weeks as we have talked to so many wonderful people about the South. This week, we are so happy to be in Anniston, Alabama, with Mayor Vaughn Stewart and Vice Mayor Sayram Selassie, talking about the Anniston Civil Rights Trail and the Freedom Riders Memorial that is up for national monument status. It is a site that certainly deserves it. They took their time to talk to us about what recognizing this important landmark would mean for their town, for the state of Alabama, and for the nation. It is an uplifting and enlightening conversation, and we are thrilled that we're able to close the season with the two of them. I'm Gina Kaysen, and this is About South. And we are here talking about the future of the Freedom Riders project as a potential national park in the city, specifically the bus depot that is in downtown Anniston, Alabama. And if one of you, to begin, if either of you would like to walk me through what is the history of the bus depot following the Freedom Riders event? How long was it a bus depot? What is it now? What is the history of the site before it's hopeful next iteration as a national park? Okay, well, basically what, what uh, is taking place here is in the big scheme, Anniston has made application to the Department of Interior and the National Park Service for two sites in Anniston to become a unit of the National Park Service. And those two sites consist of the former Greyhound bus station and the site where the bus was burned right outside the city limits. The former bus station was built in uh, 1952. It opened in August of that year. It was built to suit, which means basically it was built to conform to Greyhound standards. That particular bus station could probably be found in many small towns across America or something very similar to it. And of course, being built in that era, there were separate facilities and those were advertised, part of the marketing campaign for Greyhound during that time period uh, uh, was to advertise that you had a waiting waiting room for black and white, separate restrooms, and even separate lunch counters. And and that's what, um, you know, basically uh, what the bus station consisted of. The bus station since uh, ceased to operate there, Greyhound ceased to operate at that station in probably 1967. It was late 60s. They moved to another location, which was not unusual. It was more modern location, et cetera, et cetera, to fit their needs and probably the size of the buses because that was just one terminal coming through there and they ended up with five terminals because you know they just needed more space. That particular bus station is, is, is uh, it's been many things since. It uh, one time uh, housed an office equipment uh, business and and other retail outlets. 
And most recently, probably for at least 15 years, maybe more, it's been a sign company where a vintage sign maker that uh, basically did old school signage, hand-lettered signing, uh, ran a very successful business there, Mr. Uh, ben Howell. And it was, uh, uh, it's, it's been in his family for years and uh, up until, you know, this date. The city at this time has a contract, sales contract, to buy that from Mr. Howell's family. Mr. Howell passed away about two years ago, and his uh, apprentice has been keeping the business going since that time. But, uh, but that's the nutshell version of the bus station itself. Now, the other site, the bus burning site, Back in the day, you had a two-lane to Birmingham and Atlanta from, that passed through Anniston. It was U.S. Highway 78. And if you were going to Birmingham, you'd head west to east to Atlanta. Well, on that horrific day of Mother's Day of 61, the bus pulled up. It was a regularly scheduled bus. It contained 13 Freedom Riders, about half black, a half white Freedom Riders. The Klan was alerted that the Freedom Riders uh, journeyed, which began on May 4th of that uh, year, it began in D.C., was coming through Anniston. So they were ready. They, they were, you know, it didn't matter. It was Mother's Day. They were going to, to do their thing. So they awaited there at the bus station and, and basically put tacks and nails in the tires, knowing that the bus uh, tires would deflate uh, uh, down the journey and then they had other plans well the bus burning site the other plans took place along US Highway 78 on the western end of that uh, really west of Anniston about four miles outside of Anniston I think it's a mile marker six and but since that date that has been reconfigured a new state highway has come through that portion of US 78 has, has uh, been uh, closed. And so it's a whole different landscape at the bus burning site today as compared to 61. Some of the houses are still there. The grocery store where the bus pulled over, Forsyth Grocery, is no longer there. Because when the state came in and the feds came in and reconfigured all that, as far as the, uh, the road work, it took a lot away from from that area but uh the freedom riders park board which organized about 10 12 years ago here in the aniston area they feel like they have a uh within their control a five acre site there that they would like to to do a, a, a permanent memorial to the freedom riders on that site i see now Sarah, you and I are about the same age, mm -hmm. and you grew up in Anniston. Did you think about the site growing up when it was a sign business? Um, what was your kind of awareness as a young person growing up in Anniston of the site? Right. Well, you always heard the stories, especially, you know, being a member of the African-American community because it was such a horrific day um, that you had so many people almost killed because of the color of their skin and for what they were fighting for. So, you know, it was talked about somewhat, and then a lot of things in our generation was like, 
Um, all of that's just in the past and we don't really have to deal with any anymore. Um, it wasn't until I went off to school, I went to Berea College in Berea, Kentucky, that I really understood the magnitude of what happened in my hometown. Um, I took a few African-American studies courses and ended up with a minor in African-American studies. But anytime I would tell people I'm from Anniston, they would say, wow, the bus bombing, the, you know, the Freedom Riders. And it was such a huge thing. And I would get such a passionate reaction um, when letting people know where I was from. So then after doing a little more research and um, just talking to people back home, I really started to understand not only the national scope of what took place, but the international impact and how people around the country really were shocked by what took place. So, um, yeah, it was until that time that I really, even as a young person, um, understood that something really, really significant happened in my own hometown. And did this lead you in particular, once you're on city council and vice mayor, to start to look towards what can we do? When did the movement start in terms of making this a memorial site, a park site, and hopefully soon a national park site? Right. Well, you know, Thankfully, I was elected with some really, really good people, including, you know, Mayor Stewart here to my side. Um, I always, even as a college student, me and my friends would talk. One of my good friends, uh, Jay Price, went to Morehouse College, and he was from this area, too. We always said something needs to happen. Something needs to happen. Well, when we were elected in 2012 to hear about um, the Freedom, Freedom Riders uh, Park Board and these other little committees that were already somewhat working towards that, um, as part of our strategic planning process that um, the mayor really helped spearhead as well as the rest of the council, um, we knew it was very important to protect what we call place. And one of the most significant places in, in the community was the bus depot. And we started having those conversations along with the Freedom Riders Park Board and then reaching out to the federal government to try to see how do we preserve this history. Um, it was also a part of us looking at how do we preserve the overall story of Aniston's own civil rights trail um, and, and story? And we created the Aniston Civil Rights Trail from that strategic planning process, and that's a whole nother story. But again, I mean, this administration, our council always was looking to preserve the local history that is here. And Mayor Stewart, when you took office, this was also one of your priorities. It was. I was introduced to, to the Freedom Rides more uh, early on uh, as a child, and because obviously I'm a little older than say Rob, <laughs> and uh, but but still didn't really have a conscious uh, memory uh, of it at at that particular time. Is time moved on, I had the opportunity to meet Mr. Hank Thomas back in 2005, so you know, 11 years ago. And I participated in the 50th anniversary of the Freedom Rides. We had a big celebration here in Anniston in 2011. And that was all pre-us taking office. And, and like say Ram had mentioned, the Freedom Riders Park Board, which is focused mainly on the bus burning site, uh, outside of Anniston was organized 10, 12 years ago. So there's been a lot of momentum and you know before we ever came to City Hall, but you know but what we wanted to do is accelerate you know there've been a, a, uh, a lot of meetings, a lot of discussion, but we really wanted something on the ground. And so we got busy and and 
and the stars aligned because uh, the uh, the Freedom Rides Park Board was having conversations with DC on the congressional side and also on the executive side at the White House, and uh, and before we knew it, yeah, you know, we started having a constant dialogue with the National Park Service, and they would come to Anniston, and they really zeroed in on that bus station, and and then uh, in discussions with them, they introduced us into the different levels of recognition, how you become a unit of the National Park Service, and one is national monument monument status. So things started to really start rolling quickly then. You know, you've got a sitting president that's going to be moving out of office, uh, you know, within a, at that time, within a year, we were trying to get his attention because we, we learned that he could name or designate a national monument uh, spot or place through the Antiquities Act. We knew Congress could do it through a congressional bill. We thought it would be wise to cover both bases. And so we, we really started getting busy. And then that's when we approached the Howell family. The city, for a long time, it pretty much had a, a, a verbal agreement with the family that once Mr. Howell retired or died, the city would have first first right of refusal. Now that dates back before we ever got here. But there was nobody really at City Hall when we got here that really was part of that agreement. So it was a little scary to go out to the family and and just uh, remind them of you know some verbal non-enforceable enforceable unenforceable agreement. But they they met us and met us halfway. Listeners who may not be familiar with Anniston, Alabama, where it is, what its general history is, where is Anniston as a city and where does it come from? All right. Anniston is a beautiful little city. Of course, I have to celebrate it, <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful little city nestled in um, northeast Alabama. We're a city of around 23,000 people. Um, we have beautiful scenic areas. Um, we have a bike trail system called the Coldwater Mountain Bike Trail that is now getting international um, renown. It, it actually is on the EMBA, which is the International Mountain Bikers Association. We're at a bronze level. We're now about to move up to a silver level. Um, we have plenty of natural attractions, as I've already mentioned. Um, we have the Chief Ladiga Trail that actually you can get on that trail and ride all the way to Georgia. It connects in with the Silver Comet Trail. So um, we... we Again, our, our beautiful city. Um, we have we used to have the former Fort McClellan where people, army personnel were come and get trained. Um, that particular piece of property was turned back over to the city. So now it's part of one of our newer communities and is being redeveloped. Um, we have a rich history with um, the West Anniston community. 
that's a community where Dr. King and other civil rights leaders would come in and strategize about how they would implement the movement throughout Alabama and the rest of the South. Um, and then around East Anniston, we have a brand new uh, bypass that has gone in where we're really looking at a lot of economic development that's going to be happening in that area. Um, but again, Anniston, we're just a very small, humble uh, American city, and um, we're always looking to improve. So, Ron, could you walk us through what happened yesterday when the Secretary of the Interior was here in Anniston surveying the sites in hopes that this proposal will be successful? So describe yesterday for our listeners. Right. So as the mayor had already mentioned, um, we had been going on this path for a while and finally got the attention of the federal government. And it fast forwarded to the point of where we were able to have the Secretary of Interior, Sally Jewell, and the Director of the National Park Service, uh, Mr. Jonathan Jarvis, actually come down and look at these possible Freedom Rider sites as National Monument designations. Um, a very, very exciting time took place on yesterday. Um, we started off by giving them a tour of the bus depot site and you know they were able to walk around that and look at the present murals that we already had that as well as um, the civil rights marker that we put up as a city as part of our Anderson Civil Rights Trail and then we actually took them inside the bus depot and they were really shocked again to see that going back to that word place how similar it looked to 1961 and um, even on the outside, you know, that was one thing that they kept mentioning that, you know, it if you rewind back in time, it looks very similar to 1961. So as soon as we were done touring that particular area, we actually got on a bus that was made here in Anniston. Uh, we have a group here called New Flyer, and they actually um, create buses that go around the country. And we got on one of the new flyer buses and actually took the original bus route to the uh, Highway 202 site where the bus actually was bombed and burned. Um, they were able to sit there and they met some of the local residents. A Mr. Emerson was out there who was on his porch that day and watched everything that took place the day the bus was bombed. Um, they also heard from Mr. Hank Thomas, the only remaining living freedom rider that was on that particular bus that was bombed and then they also were able to hear a little from uh, Janie Forsyth McKinney um, she was the little girl in all the pictures a little 12 year old white girl that through whatever inner spiritual faith and gumption had the the bravery to actually take water to the freedom riders that were beaten and I mean, just very, very powerful stories, very powerful testimony. Um, you know, Secretary Jewell, she shed a tear or two throughout the day. Um, just very moving stories. And then we wrapped up the day back at one of our local churches at a community center with a public hearing where we had almost 500 Anastonians come out and definitely encourage this project and tell the Director of National Park Service and the Secretary of Interior that we need that National Monument designation in the city of Anniston, Alabama. And it's back to exactly what Sayram said, place. 
it was there. It was living history. You could touch and feel. It was not like building a separate structure and housing stuff like artifacts. It was the real thing. And so they couldn't believe how well preserved it had been or is over the years. And um, so they, they showed a lot of interest. And uh, I think it's, it's a uh, huge historic preservation uh, project for the city, but it's much more important than that. It's an educational project to educate future generations. Because just like Sayram did not really appreciate the significance and I didn't either. And uh, you can imagine younger, you know, middle and high school students not appreciating. And, we, you know, we got to, to realize that, you know, the Freedom Riders age generation, they're going to be dying off. And you know, no one's going to really have a real memory of what took place. So unless we educate this future generation, why is that important? Well, it's, it's become very obvious this election year that it is important, that bullies and, 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 and hate mongers still exist. And, uh, and yeah, we could go back down that, that dark path again in this country and uh, if we're not reminded of the lessons. And uh, so I, I think it's, it's very important, not just for Aniston, but it's important for America. And, you know, this story is too important not to be told and that it's not only a national story, but it's an international story um, that, you know, to remind people, as the mayor mentioned, um, that, you know, we don't want to go back in time to some of these things that happen. of Aniston to receive this National Monument designation? Wow, it would mean everything. Um, you know, as we are, the nickname of our city before is called the Model City, and it would represent that when those things took place in Aniston, immediately um, the community came together and, you know, it said at that time, even then, that we don't want to have this, this type of racial tension in our city. They created a group called COOL, C-O-U-L, and it stood for the Council on Unified Leadership. And at that time, and it's in um, historical records, the president of the country, President John Kennedy, sent a letter um, commending Aniston for creating that biracial council that met to talk about the racial issues of the day. Well, if we set that model then, fast forward to today, 2016, um, we think that that was set a model for the country, too, to remind them of this was a horrific act that took place. But look at how the community came together. Look at how the country came together and really got behind the American Civil Rights Movement. And it's so critical um, today for something like this to happen because, you know, we're, we're not any different than any other American city. Um, but, you know, it's scary when we look at other cities of our size, like Ferguson, which has about the same population and knowing some of the racial tensions that, that's still there. Um, I think that having that national monument will remind people, Anastonians and uh, people nationwide, that it's very important to have that concept of what was called nonviolent direct action. 
and that, you know, you look at these individuals that they nonviolently were able to get on that bus and, I mean, through some scary situations, show to the world that, you know, hey, we don't have to spew the same hate towards you that you're spewing towards us. We still love you. All we want is justice in our own equal rights, just like you have. Well, fast forward to today. I think that will serve as a, a reminder, as I've already mentioned, of how important those strategies were um, employed then and how they also apply to today. So yeah, it would mean everything for local residents. I mean, all of my constituents have told me that they support this project. They wanna see it happen. They actually spoke um, very passionately yesterday at the public hearing about it. And again, I, I just, it's gonna mean everything for the city if we can get this done. And I don't think there's a better city to honor the freedom rights. There's no national monument today that honors exclusively the freedom rights okay there were over 400 freedom riders and many many freedom rides that took place in the calendar year of 1961 all throughout the south but none measure up to what took place in Aniston because the whole group faced imminent danger they stared down death right there not just one or two, but the whole group was captivated in that burning furnace, which we, we know is a bus. And they were not going to be let out. And but for the, the, uh, the gas tank exploding and scaring their attackers, did they get off the bus. And, and that symbol of that burning bus, if you Google Freedom Rides, or if you do any research at all, that symbol of the burning bus that bus in flames with those black clouds above, that is etched in the memory of Americans and, 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 and internationally. It's the Freedom Ride. So I, I think the monument here will not just be about the Anniston Freedom Rides, but all Freedom Rides and a way to honor every Freedom Rider. And I, I think that's very important. I know that um, in some ways, People sometimes think that the civil rights movement, it seems like it is one of the major things that's memorialized everywhere across the South, mm -hmm. um, particularly in terms of African-American history in the South, mm -hmm. that the civil rights movement gets a lot of attention. What's interesting is this is one of the major events of the civil rights movement, and that it kind of challenges that assumption that there's so much memorialization about the civil rights movement because it shows that in fact, this has not yet received its national monument status. It is, it's not a state park already, correct? Oh. It is a sign shop in the middle of Anniston, Alabama. If not for a few murals and signs, you would not know that this happened here. So how do you see this in terms of kind of pushing back against the assumption that people would say, even well-meaning people, that, oh, we spend so much time on the civil rights story. This kind of shows that we're still not spending enough time on this. Right. It's so funny that you bring that up because Director Jarvis, the director of the National Park Service, said yesterday himself, we haven't done a good job at telling these stories. He said, I can point to you all day the amount of National Park Service Civil War monuments that we have and that people can go there. And he said they had to even be careful 
um, with the National Park Service, and they've been working on this in, in most recent years of even how they tell that Civil War story that, you know, it wasn't just about states' rights, but slavery was involved in that conversation. That, that was the right. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, he, he, you know, mentioned that and he said, you know, we have to do a better job. And he said, you know, we look back over our inventory and this is a hundred year of the National Park Service. And he said, we want to do a better job of telling these stories that haven't been told. And again, there isn't a national um, park monument or anything to celebrate those Americans, those freedom riders, the over 400 um, that you know participated in that particular nonviolent direct action. Um, and again, yeah, it's, it's so amazing finally that we're seeing these stories are being able to be told on that national level and getting Americans again. As a young person, I didn't know the magnitude of what happened. So if I didn't know what I'm right here, you know, who else may not know of how important um, this particular event was? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it isn't just that all oh, we always are talking about that and it's recognized. It's really, really not. We're just now getting to the point to where some of these um, sites are having, you know, national recognition and getting the um, attention that they deserve. I like to say and of course as mayor I would say this because I'm trying to to promote the city obviously but I like to say that really the flame that ignited that bus and the Klan thought at the time that they were you know doing their thing by burning the people alive and they were making their statement and they you know uh, were winning the day by doing that okay what they didn't realize is they actually reignited the flame for the American Civil Rights Movement. That flame did that. Why? How? Why? Well, at that time, if you go back in history, the American Civil Rights Movement had not really gotten widespread support, especially in the white northern community. And they were really trying to get buy-in from the, the white middle class in the northern states and this and that. and and and. The violence that took place, the, the, the way that the Freedom Riders were treated, and they were trained to, to be nonviolent, you know, and they basically were trained to, to be non-aggressors and not to retaliate. But those images, and not just in Aniston, but you know, all uh, the, uh, the brutality that was uh, put upon the Freedom Riders, uh, I think it raised the consciousness of this country. and, and uh, and, and, and really accelerated the American Civil Rights Movement. It took on a new life. It moved to the next level. It became much more energized, much more wider support base. That this is not right. As Americans, we're better than this. We're, we're bigger than this, you know. And, and uh, so, uh, that's why Anderson's important. You know, I, I, I just feel like that, you know, uh, that we helped write the greater script of the American Civil Rights Movement. Yes, we have a chapter in that book, but I think it's more than a chapter. I think we played a big part. And then, of course, we've got to honor that courage. How courageous those guys were, those ladies were. And uh, from all around the country that came and put their lives at stake, because they were doing it for future generations and wanted to test those 
those laws that were not being enforced and faced what I call the domestic terrorist groups and um, unarmed had been trained that they couldn't use any physical force back just had to take the beatings had to take the kickings had to take the humiliation and all that I mean that's you know I can't think of a more selfless act by anybody in in this nation's history to, to put themselves through that so sure we need to honor their courage their bravery their uh, just total commitment to freedom uh, it, for all citizens so that's where I'm coming from big dream here so you're going to get this I feel confident this is going to come through and then what do you where do you want to see Aniston go with not only the city but also this legacy of such an important site in terms of the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. in the country yeah well my personal dream again next steps are Hopefully, Secretary Jewell and uh, Director Jarvis will provide their official recommendations to President Obama to use the Antiquities Act to make these sites in Anniston National Park monuments. Very important. Um, On top of that, and that has just coincided with this whole process, is this summer, this past June, we just dedicated our own local Anniston Civil Rights Trail. It's a group of multiple sites throughout the city that you know tell the story about the the library which was one of the first places to be integrated um it tells a story about uh, willie brewster who was a young man that was murdered on the road um just going home from work but that how the community came back and murdered just because of the color of his skin but how the community came together and found the perpetrators you know so we have those different designations around the entire city to tell the story of our civil rights movement our local civil rights movement but the whole dream and the dream for me personally is again it holds true to the nickname of what Aniston has always been called the model city I want us to hopefully become a model for other American cities on how we deal with divisiveness and hate and all these different things that we're especially hearing in this this local uh, not local but national election as of lately you know that we can become a model for other American cities of how to deal with those issues and how to continue to move forward and make sure that everyone has a voice at the table not just one particular group but that everyone can come to the table have real conversation real dialogue and then find real solutions to the local problems that may be there um so yeah that's my ultimate personal dream to see the city moving forward us being a model for the country of racial healing and um just you know loving each other like we ought to That's our show this week. 
We'd like to thank Mayor Von Stewart and Vice Mayor Sayram Selassie for sitting down with us for this conversation. We'd also like to thank everyone in Anniston who was so generous with their time and enthusiasm. It was truly wonderful. Our music this week is by Anniston native son, Jay Price. We owe him a huge thank you for giving us this song. About South is brought to you from the historic West End of Atlanta, Georgia. Kelly Vines is co-producer. Theme music is by Brian Horton. You can find his music at brianhorton.com. As I said, this is our last episode of the fall season. Kelly and I will be back, however, on December 2nd with a roundup of all of our favorite aired and unaired moments of this season. It's been an amazing journey with so many generous and generously funny people, and we really look forward to sharing those moments with you on the second. So join us then, and until then, have a seat at the table and love one another. federal government is going to come through with this national monument designation under the National Park Service. And I hear that President Obama is an About South listener, as it turns out. I don't oh, know wow. if you knew that. Yeah. That's not true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he could be. He may. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, President Obama, um, mm. thanks. All right. Yeah. <laughs>